Thank you for joining us today. If you're new to The Rock, we would love to connect with you, and you can text Rock of KC to 816-307-1611 for a Connect card, and a member of our team will be in touch with you shortly. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can give safely and securely through our app and on our website at rockofkc.com. Your generous giving through The Rock supports many ministries here locally and globally. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Let's give it up for the dads today. Jeremy already did it, but all the dads in the house, biological dads, spiritual dads, we honor you, celebrate you today. Happy Father's Day again. It's so good to be with you. Uh, welcome. Welcome to the building. As Jeremy already said, if you're a guest with us, it's an honor to have you on this Sunday morning. Uh, we do realize there's other places you could be, but you chose to be here. We believe God has something in store for you. My name is Jonathan. I serve as a pastor on staff, and it's a real privilege to be a part of the team and a privilege to be able to bring a word today. I want to, uh, again, just um, say thank you for those of you that have been praying faithfully for our senior pastor and the two other men who are in Romania right now. I just got a text from him uh, just a few minutes ago, actually. He was able to preach in a Romanian church uh, this morning. It's a two-and-a-half-hour service, and he only spoke for 30 minutes, which is a miracle in and of itself. So uh, pretty, pretty amazing thing to be a part of. I mean, you're a part of that. I hope you know that. For those of you that, that give faithfully and pray, you are maybe not actually physically in Romania, but spiritually you are there. And so I just want you to know that. It's, it's, uh, I've heard some great things. I know he's going to come back full of stories. Uh, it's just, uh, again, incredible work that's being done, kingdom work that's happening. They're helping build a refugee camp, and I know it's going to touch many lives, and as a result, many are going to come to Jesus. Amen. That's just where my faith is at. But, hey, again, happy Father's Day. It's, it's one of those days I realize more and more it's a, it can be a polarizing day because everybody brings their context and their perspective. Maybe, maybe this is a Father's Day, this is the first Father's Day you have where your father wasn't here, or maybe you've grown up not really having that, that great father that so many people that you know have, and, and yet today I want us to know and hear that there's a father in heaven who desires so much to, to father you and to make up for, for those places maybe that have been missed. And, and of course, there's some of us who've had great dads, and so we celebrate and honor them. And uh, I just believe God's gonna speak to us today through, through his word, and uh, we're gonna leave here better as a result of it. Sound good? Some of you believe that. But hey, I, I'm confident of it. I, I wanna go to Micah 6, verse 8. This is this great, great verse that we see. Maybe, maybe you've read it before. Um, it's this, just this mandate for us. And I wanna specifically look at a few of the words, but I wanna read the whole verse. Um, it says this in Micah 6, verse 8. He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. What a, what a, great, what a great verse. What if, if we could just apply that to our life, walk out these doors, I think our world would be, a better, would be better for it. Amen? To walk humbly with your God. I want to focus on those five words specifically. Many of you are probably familiar with this term dad bod. You've heard it before. Maybe some of you have one. Maybe some of you don't know if you have one. You probably do. If you don't know, you probably do. But I saw this meme last week, and it was perfect. It said, it's not a dad bod, it's a father figure. I thought, that's a, that's a better way of saying dad bod. And I want to I talk about that today. I want to talk about how do we develop this father figure. And I'm, I'm, I just believe that Micah 6, 8, specifically, those last five words are going to help us establish that. And again, I believe no matter what, no matter how you came in here, no matter where you're at watching online, we can take this word and apply it to our life, and we are going to look more like Jesus, which is, as followers of Jesus, that's our ultimate aim. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much 
just for these moments that we can come together. I, th I pray that we never take it lightly, that we can come, we can gather together, we can worship, we can make much of you. God, we can read your word, and we thank you that it never returns void. And so today we come, we open your word. Would you speak to us as only you can? Would you take my words, God? I pray that they're your words that anoint my lips, Father, so that this message would go forth and, and would be di dissected into however many ways that it needs to, Father, so that it could land on each and every heart, so that we could go forth from here having had a word from you with faith in our heart and an expectation that you are going to continue to make each step known to us. I thank you for that. I also thank you that your word is true and that the prayers of a righteous man availeth much and the Golden State Warriors have raised their fourth banner in eight years. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, amen. amen. I, hey, if you, if you didn't think I would at least acknowledge that you just don't know me well enough. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. So that's what I have to say about that. This last week I, I looked at my wife and I said, babe, we have been parents for a decade. And I realized for some of you, you've been parents for like multiple decades, so that means nothing. But when I said decade, it just hit a little bit harder. And she looked at me and she goes, yes, it just means we're getting older. And I thought, yeah, that is so true. It's crazy because uh, as we're watching that video, it's like, you know, Miles, our firstborn, he was born 10 years ago. And uh, it feels like just yesterday we were like whining and complaining about how we were never going to get through the diaper stage or washing bottles, all these different things. And now he's getting ready to go into fourth grade. And, and of course, our, our seven-year-old is, is on the same track. In fact, she's probably progressing a little bit quicker. And, and uh, it just got me thinking about the different stages and the different seasons that dads go through, right? I mean, there's these different stages. That I found this kind of, kind of humorous and, and also insightful. It's like these different stages that, that dads go through. The first stage being like an expectant dad, right? You're, you find out you're going to be a dad. It's exciting. It's maybe a little scary. You're, you're wondering, are you going to be the, the dad that, that you had, the legend that he was? Or maybe, maybe on the other side of the spectrum, you didn't have a great dad, and you're like, I just am anybody but him, right? Uh, the second stage is the, the sleepy dad, right? The sleepy dad is trying to just fight for sleep, and some guys end up living in that stage. But uh, we, we go into the playful dad, right? The playful dad is like the dad who's the hero. He's got the jokes that your kids actually laugh at, and, and the, the dad that comes in right before bedtime and wrestles and, and gets them all wound up, and, and mom says, what are you doing? This is not the time. Maybe that's just a look into my own house, right? Uh, that, that's, that's my job right now. And then, and then the stretch dad. The season of being a stretch dad, you're just prov providing is the top priority. You're just doing what you can to provide for your family. And then maybe you move into the sacrificial dad, and the sacrificial dad is maybe starting to take some things off of his own plate, desires off of his own plate, because he's wanting to provide for his kids and wanting to, to provide opportunities, and he's, he's seeing what his kids desire, and so he's making, making room for that. And then that, that maybe that sixth stage or sixth season is the wise dad. You're the pillar of your family. You're, maybe your kids have now, they've grown and they've moved on and, and now they're calling dad because they need, some, they need wisdom. They, they, maybe they've got a financial decision they're making. Maybe there's a, a big life change coming up. Maybe they're calling him because they don't know how to fix stuff around the house and so they need him to come over, right? These are these different stages and it got me thinking about, you know, obviously being a dad or being a parent, there's these stages, these seasons. The reality is it's a lot like our Christian walk in the fact that we, we don't ever graduate this side of eternity. There's always going to be a season or a stage that, that we occupy until we, until we take our last breath on heaven or our last breath on earth and go and meet our, our Lord and Savior. There's going to be these seasons or these stages that we're in, and we just have to embrace it and understand that's part of how life goes. And I just believe that today, again, as we look at Micah 6 verse 8, 
these last five words specifically, it can help us better develop this, this father figure. I, I believe that God wants to and will speak to us. And so we're just going to look at these words, word by word. So you're going to know when we get closer to the end of the message because on that fourth or fifth word, it's starting to close. So you can either be happy about that or do what you will with it, but it is what it is. That first word we see is walk. Walk humbly with your God. Walk humbly with your God. It's this simple idea or reality of just moving one foot along in front of the other, step by step, day by day. That is what our life is made up of. This idea, this reality of walking. You and I, I believe we were born to walk. We see this in the first few chapters of Genesis where God has created man, he's created Adam, and they walk in the cool of the garden. They walk together. You know, the reality is that many of us, we don't have to walk that much today if we don't want to. We can get in our car, we can ride, we've got, we've got advanced means of transportation. And so this, this walking is something that really we can, we, we can choose to not do it if we don't want to. And yet in biblical times, it was the primary mode of transportation. We see Jesus was, he, he would walk literally maybe 50 miles in, in different directions into different regions, teaching and preaching. At, at times they said it, it was a, potentially 150 miles that he would cover, hills and valleys, this walking, this walking with, with God. Our, our spiritual journey is often referred to as, as walking with God. How, how's your walk going, right? And it's not supposed to just be maybe a figurative thing, but I'm proposing this morning that there's actually a literal, maybe it's time to get up off our couch and, and just go begin to walk and begin to talk with God. I know that, that some people, this is how their morning devotion time looks. They, they don't get up and light a candle and put worship music on and open their Bible. They actually just go and go on a walk. Maybe listen, listen to the Bible on, uh, on their phone and just begin to talk and walk with God. Uh, some people I've, I've talked to that, that you know, they, they feel like, oh, I'm just kind of in this stagnant place. I'm, I'm just not, I, you know, my, my faith walk isn't like what, what it used to be. I need something new. And it's like, no, actually, I don't think you need something new. You might need something old. You might need to reignite a faith by just simply getting up and walking. And then the truth is, is that not only is there spiritual benefit, but there's, there's a physical benefit as well. There's many psychologists recommend that, that walking can, can improve, obviously, your, your stamina, improve your sleep, stress relief. It can improve your mood. Some of you might need that. Just go on a walk. Maybe, maybe you're feeling a little down and grumpy. Just go on a walk. I know during the pandemic, there were a few times when I would just get a little bit anxious. I don't know if anybody experienced that or not, but, but when we were kind of just trapped inside for that window of time, I would just go on a walk, and it, would, it was almost like therapeutic, where it's like, oh, man, this is just being able to, like, relieve some of this stress and anxiety. And so all the better when we understand that there's not just this physical attachment tied to it, but this spiritual, and it's like this time we can spend with God. And, and it's simple, and yet at the same time, we see it throughout Scripture, Psalm 23, verse 4. We just sang it. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The reality is, is that because we have a good shepherd, now we should be a good follower. We should continue to walk with him. Amen? Proverbs 2, verse 20 says, you will walk in the ways of the good and keep to the paths of the righteous. Psalm 89, 15, blessed are those who have learned to acclaim you who walk in the light of your presence, Lord. I don't know about you, but this is just, again, a, a simple, and it's one, it's one that I need to do more. 
I'll be real honest. It's one that I need to do more, but I have experienced the benefit, and I believe that this is one of the physical things that we can do, just begin to go and to walk with God. Amen? Number two, walk humbly. Walk humbly with your God. This word, humility, it accepts weakness, but also understands and embraces its strength. And I love that humility, it comes with its companion virtue, which is gratitude. It's really hard to find somebody that has this just spirit of humility on them and, and they're like a grumpy, grumpy cat, right? It's not possible. They don't coexist. It's like if you are a truly humble person, there's this just gratitude that just kind of oozes out of you. It's like an overflow of a humble heart. Just grateful, grateful for life, grateful for their family, grateful for their job, grateful for just you name it. They, they have found a way to be grateful. Not to say that their life is perfect or there's not issues or there's not things that they're trying to navigate, but they just have a gratitude upon them. I don't know about you, but I, I want to get to that place. Amen? I want to get to that place. We look at, we look at humility and we, we look at the fact that, that there's also an, another side of the coin. Webster's Dictionary defines humility in a, diff, a few different ways, but one of, the, one of the ways is freedom from pride or arrogance. I thought, man, that's so strong. Freedom from pride. It's really hard to both be humble and prideful. They, they, again, they can't coexist. A life of gratitude, humility leads to blessing and strength. And there is a promise in Scripture that pride will always lead to something. It's just a reality. Pride will always lead to a downfall. Every single time. You find somebody that's just arrogant. You find somebody that's just really proud and, and just like, you know, you know the difference between confidence and arrogance. You can kind of smell it. I promise you, every single time, that pride is going to lead to a downfall. And it goes on. It actually says that God opposes the proud. He stiff arms them. He keeps them at a distance. He sets himself in, in battle ray against them. But James 4, 6 also has something to say. It says he gives more grace. Scripture says God opposes the proud, but he shows favor to the humble. And I'm not talking about a false humility. We've all been around false humility, right? You're just trying to give somebody an encouragement like, hey, man, great job on that. And they, and they give you one of these, oh, brother, it, it was all the Lord. And I'm like thinking to myself, no, no, it wasn't all the Lord because he would have done a lot better job. <laughs> just take the compliment, right? Like this true humility of just being able to, to receive and, 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 to, and to just receive what it is that maybe somebody's trying to give you. I love Rick Warren. He says this, humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. It's not thinking less of yourself like, oh, I, you know, kind of, oh, just I'm thinking less of myself. No, you're just thinking of yourself less. C.S. Lewis, he said it this way. He said, the greatest designer in the world could, could create the, the greatest cathedral in the world and recognize it as such, regardless of whether he designed it or not. I thought that's a great way of thinking about humility. The greatest designer creating the greatest cathedral and acknowledging it for that, but it doesn't matter if he designed it or not. That's humility. We, we ask ourselves, how do we foster humility? How do we foster this? How do we, how do we put this on? How do we choose humility? Isaiah 57, 15, it says this, for this is what the high and exalted one says, he who lives forever, whose name is holy. I live in a high and holy place, but also with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit, humble. To revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. There's a closeness with God when we choose humility. 
Dr. Tony Evans says to submit to God is to recognize your weakness, to stop fighting, and to surrender to him as your ultimate and final authority. Amen? Romans 12.1, what is true worship? Brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, this is true and proper worship. Do you want to, do you want to choose humility? Get, get a view of, of God's bigness. Get a bigger view of God's mercy in your life. God's mercies will lead you to just this reality of, of, of who he is and who we're not or who we are, depending upon how you look at it. I don't know about you, I've, I've talked about it before, it's like, for each of us, I think it might, might look different, but like when I'm in creation, when I'm at maybe the beach or when I'm in the mountains, I just, I'm overwhelmed with creation. I'm overwhelmed. Like, God, you, you created all of this, the vast, you created this, this, the, the sky, you created the sun, you created all these different things, but you also created me, little old me, and you desire a relationship with me. When we get a view of God and how big he is, and we, we begin to see how small we really are, I don't know about you, but it leads me to this place of, man, I, God, thank you. His mercies overwhelm me. And the beautiful thing about God's mercies is they're brand new every single morning. How good is he? Amen. Every single morning we wake up, there's brand new mercies waiting for us. That to me, that will lead us to a place of humility. That, that if, if you're in that place where you're like, I, you know, Praying for humility, is, it's, a, it's, a, it's a dangerous prayer, but how great is it when we can choose humility? We begin to, to humble ourselves and, and go to God, get a, get a bigger view of God. I promise you it's going to lead you to a place of humility. Number three, we walk humbly with, walk humbly with your God. This, this idea, this reality with is, is a togetherness. It's a side by side. I think about different times in my life when, when I have maybe battled with some, maybe some anxiety or just, just feeling like I'm alone. I was at, at times when I was at the University of Missouri, 28,000 students, but I felt alone. There's people that, that could be in this room, a few hundred people, and yet still feel alone. And I want you to hear today, God is saying you're not alone. He's with you. He's with us. God has promised to never leave us nor forsake us. There's, there's this witness. It's, it's, this, it's this side by side. I think some of us, you know, there's, there, there's been times in my life where I've, I've had these, these friends that like, you know, will say they're going to do something, they'll say they're going to be there, but then they end up standing you up, right? Anybody ha have these kind of people? It's like God has promised if you show up, he's going to show up. Every single time. Because it's who he is. He's faithful. He's faithful like that. Every single time you show up, God is faithful to show up. He's faithful to be there. And, and I love that as we walk with God, for those of us that have developed this walk with God and our, our, our relationship with him has matured, we begin to understand we, we become so dependent on him that we can't help but live without him. We can't help but, 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 but understand John 15, which says, when you abide in me and I abide in you, that's your life. That's the source of life. When you, when you become unhinged, untethered from me, your life, your life source begins to just absolutely, it, it actually dies. It, it's, it can be, can be slow or quick depending, but it can absolutely just suck the life out of you. There's this witness, there's this togetherness. And so on those days when life is great, he's with you. On those days life is not so great, he's with you. 2 Thessalonians 3 verse 16 says, now may the Lord of peace himself continually grant you peace in every circumstance. Every, what's it mean? It means every. <laughs> it means every circumstance that you and I find ourselves in, that's where he, he is with us. The Lord be with you. 
There's a witness. Number, number four, walk humbly with your God, your God. There's this personal, this possessive, your walk. Luke 10 verse 27 says, he answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind. Love your neighbors as yourself. It's very clear. It's personal. There's an owner's mentality to this faith, right? Like, like no, one, no one washes the rental car on the way back to return it, right? <laughs> no one does that. If you, if you do that, why? You're wasting money. <laughs> That's their job. But, but owners, owners think differently, don't they? Owners have a different mentality about themselves. And my question for us today is, are, are, you, are you owning your faith or are you just renting your faith? Young people in the room, are, are you owning your faith or are you renting your faith? There, there's this massive chasm when, when high school students leave, and it's not just here in Kansas City, it's actually around the world, where they, they leave their home and go to university, go to college, move out, and they, and they fall out of faith. Why? The reality is there's a lot of different, there's a lot of different reasons, but, but many were just renting their faith. They were renting the faith of their parents. They were renting the faith of their grandparents. Young person, you gotta own your faith. You gotta own your faith, it's yours. God, God has no grandchildren, as, as my dad always says. He has no grandchildren, he has sons and he has daughters. Are, are you owning or are you renting your faith? Nothing will impact your figure like the relationship that you have with your father. Only you can walk your faith journey with God, amen? The beautiful thing is, is that again, many of us have had great earthly dads, maybe, maybe many of us have not. But, but regardless of all that, there is a perfect heavenly father who we can say he is ours. And more importantly and more beautifully, he says you're mine. He says you are mine. And there's nothing like, there's nothing like when, when you hear, when you, obviously our kids at times will be like, hey, that's mine. And we have to like kind of work, work the devil out of them a little bit because they're selfish and, and prideful. But when somebody has ownership of something, he's mine. And that's what God the Father is saying about you. For those of us who have, have said yes to Jesus, because now through Jesus we have access to the Father, he's saying you're mine. I don't know about you, but that, again, leads me to this place of humility. And fifth and finally, he, he, it's walk humbly with your God, our Father, our Creator, our Lord, our Master. I love the message version of Micah 6, verse 8. It says this, but he's already made it plain how to live what to do, what God is looking for in men and women, it's quite simple. Do what is fair and just to your neighbor, be compassionate and loyal in your love, and don't take yourself too seriously. Take God seriously. That's a word for us today. Don't take yourself too seriously. Nobody else really does. But take God seriously, amen? Our Father, Keep our eyes on the Father, Jesus, the perfect one, the perfect representation of the Father, the figure of the Father. I love what Jesus says in John 14. He looks at, he looks at Philip and he goes, hey, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The perfect, the perfect representation of the Father is found in his, in his son, Jesus. If you ever wonder what God was like, look at Jesus. That's who he is. That's who he is. He is the father figure. Today, dads, the pressure isn't on us to be the perfect father. God has already taken care of that through his own son. We now simply need to walk with him. Simply walk with him. 
My wife so delicately said probably about three or four months ago after a less than an ideal situation that we had with our kids where they, they messed up, because that's what 10 and 7-year-olds do. And then uh, I responded in a less than ideal way. And uh, she just kind of said, hey, Jay, um, how do you think God the Father would respond in that situation? And of course, in that moment, there were some things I muttered under my breath. One of them being, hey, hey Lord, I ask for a wife, not like an in-flesh, you know, in-flesh Holy Spirit, but thanks for that. Um, but it was really convicting. Because as I, as I thought about it, I thought, man, how, how does God the Father respond to me when I mess up? How, how, how does God the Father respond when I miss the mark more often than, than I wish? He responds in grace and love and in mercy, in kindness. It says the kindness of God leads us to repentance. And today, I think about that because there's times I'm like asking my seven-year-old daughter, what were you thinking? And more often than not, she's like, I, don't, I wasn't really thinking. <laughs> and I think, man, how many times am I in that same position? God's like, hey, Jay, what, what were you thinking? I'm like, I, I wasn't really thinking. And he meets me in this place of humility. He meets me in this place of grace. He meets me in this place of mercy. And I'm not saying parents that, hey, there's times, there's drop the hammer moments. There's those moments when, when, when there has to be some consequence because that's what we're doing. We're, we're, we're raising children. The, one of the greatest privileges and, and, and stewardship things that, that parents have been blessed with and discipline needs to be, to be brought in, but, but more often than not, it's that place of stooping low. It's that place of, of, of looking eye to eye saying, hey, you missed it, but guess what? I'm, I'm still with you. I'm still going to be right here. Let's course correct a little bit that some of the decisions, some of the actions, some of the, some of the things you've been saying, we need to, we need to adjust those because where you're, where you're speaking from, that's only going to lead you to a, to a place we don't want to go. But God in his mercy, God in, his, God in this, this humble kindness, he meets us. Amen? How does the Father respond to us? He responds in love. And so many times we, we find ourselves that, we find ourselves as parents, it, it can be so easy just to, to react and respond out of whatever we're kind of going through. But, but today the question I want to ask is, how does the Father respond to you? The reality is when we, when we live from this humble place, this low place, it's a, it's a low place, not, not from a place of like putting yourself down, but it's this, this humility, this humble place. We, we see it modeled through the sun. He humbled himself and came to earth. I, I think about the reality is that humility often breeds humility. And I can prove it to you because if you've ever been on the phone with a customer service rep, <laughs> I don't know, I've just learned some life hacks along the way, but I've always found that, that if I can get them to a place of getting on my side about the issue at hand, it's like this disarming thing that happens. It's like all of a sudden I'm like, hey, how's it going? Whatever their name is, I, sometimes I, I, don't, I can't really understand, but I'm like, hey, thanks. Thanks for taking my call. I hope you're having a great day. Listen, I got an issue and, and I just need some, I hope you can help me resolve this. And, and it's like, it's almost like silence, and I'm like, did the phone go out? And they're just like, wow, you're not yelling and screaming at me? That, that, that's a refreshing. There's just something disarming about humility, and it breeds humility. It's, it's, it's this amazing thing, and I think that we could all be, again, better for it when we lead, when we lead and live through that place. Jesus himself, he lowered himself to humanity. He, he washed feet. He served people. 
And today I want to encourage and remind us that the perfect figure of the Father is found in His Son, Jesus. And as we walk with Him and as we see Him, we in turn will develop this Father figure when we walk humbly with our God. Amen? Would you stand with me as we close? I just want to pray over us. We're going to go back into just a moment of worship and then we're going to be dismissed. But I want to pray over us this morning. God, thank you so much. First and foremost, that you are the perfect Father. <laughs> and you have chosen us. And you have, you have met us here today in this place. And you continue to meet us here. Each and every time we gather, God. And each and every time we, we leave this place and we, we choose to follow you, we choose to, to be in relationship with you, God, you are so faithful to show up. Today I pray, Father God, over, over the people in this room, over those that are watching, that will maybe watch at some moment throughout the next week, I pray blessing over them. I pray that, Father God, you would help each of us continue to develop the, the figure of the Father, whether we're biological dads or moms or spiritual moms or dads. God, I pray that you would bind the spirit of the Father to each of us. Help us, God. We need your help. We're so dependent upon you. We need your grace. We need your mercy. We need your humility, Father. Would you open our eyes? Would you open our ears? Show us what you have for us. Let us hear what it is that you want to speak to us, God. For those that are here today and they're struggling because they didn't have a great dad, God, I, I pray absolute mercy and, and just peace over their heart, Lord. Maybe this is a really hard day for them. I thank you that you're meeting them right now in this moment. For those that are maybe missing their father because he's not no longer here on this earth, I pray again just a grace over their hearts, Father. And, and for the rest of us, again, continue to, to show up in, in only ways that you can, Father God. Open our eyes. We love you. We thank you for, for who you are. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Let's worship together.